Hello everyone, today is August 26, 2021. My name is Byron Howell and this is the Byron Howell Ministries Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I know it's been a while since we've been together. Uh, we've had a lot going on over at the Howell House, but praise the Lord, all is well. Um, you know, the uh, the pandemic continues to rage out there. I just lost a close friend. I know a lot of people are still battling COVID. Very terrible. A lot of terrible things in the world going on. Very tragic indeed. Uh, pray all is well with you. But, you know, the fact that this COVID disease or virus or whatever is going on, the facts of all the sickness and disease in the world today, terrible as they are, they do not change the word of God regarding healing. They do not change the word of God regarding his desires for you to be healed. We we know from the word of God that God wants healing all the time for everyone of every single ailment. And just recently, uh, you know, maybe partly it was the loss of my friend, partly just seeing what is continuing to happen in the world today. I've been encouraged to study the word of God on healing again. Uh, two awesome men of God that I know have started a healing class at our church, which I think is wonderful. But I've been encouraged to just study this again, to come back to it again. And really, I'm going to do a very comprehensive study over the next few podcasts Really, everything I believe you need to know about healing, we are going to cover. And I'm not saying that it's everything you need to or everything there is to know, but I do believe it's fundamentally everything you need to know to see to see healing in your life and in the lives of your loved one and the people in the world around you. So fundamentally, I want to begin this new series on healing. I know we've talked about this before. But but I really want to do a, a comprehensive study on healing, and I intend to cover this subject from a number of angles, all with the goal of helping you understand divine healing and how you can receive healing for any sickness or injury. There are many, many things one could say, and I don't know everything, but honestly, I know a lot, and I've been through a lot, and I really want to help people in this area. So let me start by telling you how I came to heavily study divine healing over the past few years. In February of 2019, I was invited to teach on divine healing at my local church. I believed that God wanted to heal and that God's healing power was available to everyone. So I taught and we prayed for people. And in general, I think it was a good meeting. However, what I didn't know is that on that same day, my wife's stomach began hurting. Two days later, my wife, who has lived in perfect health her entire life, was in the hospital and diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, which had spread to several tumors on her liver. As we were only 37 at the time, this was a horrible shock. Today, over two and a half years later, my wife is totally healed, cancer free, off of chemotherapy for over nine months now. And just just totally and completely healed. And God used his word and doctors to bring healing to my wife. And over this time, we learned far more about divine healing than we ever knew before. I'm going to talk about all that we learned during this time. And I'm also going to show you the truths of divine healing from God's words. But let me start by defining the term divine healing, excuse me, divine healing, because people define that term different ways. Now, I'm not trying to argue with anybody, but I want to talk about divine healing 
Now, I want to set a definition for this purpose, for the purpose of the study that we're going to go through together. And I am choosing a definition that I think will be helpful to the maximum number of people. So I'm going to define divine healing as working with God to receive healing and restoration from an ailment, including any kind of sickness, disease, injury, mental or emotional ailment. And I'll also say this includes working with doctors and working without doctors. Because divine healing, where you're working with God to see healing, can work either way. There's no hard and fast rule about that, while some people think there might be. I will also discuss several ways in which divine healing can be received. There may be other ways that people could receive healing with God, but these are the ways we're going to cover, and these are certainly the the predominant ways. First of all, a person could have other Christians, including a well-known healing evangelist or church elders, doesn't have to be those people, but it might be, pray for them. So you could go to other Christians and have them lay hands on you and pray for you. Second, a person could, by himself or herself, learn the truths of God's word, pray according to God's word, and then stand on God's word. You know, by themselves, you don't need anybody else. You could receive healing from God that way. Third, the person could pray that God will lead him or her to the right doctors and that God will guide the doctors in their treatment plan for complete healing and that those treatment plans will work. Now, most Christians who find themselves needing healing will use a combination of those in their quest for divine healing. There are various aspects of those three methods of divine healing, and we will cover them in detail. You just think generally, though, if someone or especially a Christian, encounters some sort of dread disease, chances are they'll have people at the church pray for them. They'll study the Word. They'll look up scriptures on healing. So they'll study the Word for uh, himself or herself. But usually, most of the time in this day and age, a Christian will also seek the advice or treatment plan that the doctors have. And nothing's wrong with any of those methods. Those methods can all work together Uh, And we are going to discuss those in detail. And I know that many in the Christian healing world would define divine healing as healing from God without any doctors or medicine or anything like that. But having the experiences that I've had in life and learning from many other people now who have received divine healing, I'm choosing to use the broader definition, which is working with God to receive healing with or without doctors. And again, I'm going to discuss in a later podcast the right approach to involving God in uh, involving doctors in your divine healing journey. It can be a little complicated especially when the doctors aren't Christians, especially when they're talking about treatment plans that uh maybe are controversial anything like that. But but the the idea of divine healing does not automatically exclude doctors. And most Christians in this day and age are going to seek doctors anyway. So we're going to talk about this from all angles. And this is going to bless you. And let me just say very briefly, if you don't have the time to listen to today's podcast, if you find yourself needing divine healing, I want to quickly, you know, kind of give you some advice. And what I would do is I would start with God's word. 
begin reading all of the biblical promises for healing. Google them. Ask your friends. You'll find them real quick. I had to ignore a call there. Uh, Hopefully they won't call back. But anyway, find the promises of healing that are in the Word of God and study them. And it will not be hard for you to find. Just use Google. Google biblical promises for healing. You'll be just fine. Uh, You will find many good scriptures in my blog post on healing, my podcast. I've done a couple of them now. And in this series, you're going to get a lot of them. So that's another way you can find those promises. But then, you know, I would start praying over yourself, commanding in Jesus' name, sickness, symptoms, disease, to leave your body and trust that the healing power of God is at work in your body. These are steps anyone needing healing should take. No matter what's going on in your body, do that. From that place, you start with the Word of God and prayer. From that place, listen for God's voice. Maybe God, maybe God will direct you to a particular doctor. Maybe God will direct you to a particular treatment plan. Maybe God will direct you to listen to the teachings of others or have others pray for you. You never know. I once heard God directed some guy to go wash in a fountain singing praise songs and that person was healed of cancer. Now that sounds insane. But one of the great points from the Bible is that God is going to tell you do things that often make no sense. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. These directions from God aren't designed to make sense. They are designed to make faith. They are designed to put your trust in God and create a point of contact between your natural and spiritual worlds to receive God. Again, we will discuss this in more detail, but remember, whatever God tells you to do, do it. When we have completed this series, you will understand these ways to receive divine healing. You will also know how to begin your healing journey if you are ever attacked with any sickness or injury. You will also know how to pray for others to receive healing. But however, no matter what you learn, no matter how many books you read, no matter how many sermons you listen to, you must always continue listening to God for these divine directions. You may develop a rock-solid understanding of divine healing. You may memorize all this stuff, but you must listen for His directions. God told Jesus to do many different things As he helped others to healing. As he healed others, right? And Jesus also gave the people he was healing a number of different directions. We want to carefully listen for those. Any divine directions for healing, we must obey. So in the same way I counseled you a moment ago to begin with God's word and faith that God's healing power is working in your body, that's where we're going to start. Before we can discuss the real mechanics, I want to make sure you understand that healing is God's will for you and everyone else. God's will is healing for every single person of every single permit, uh, excuse me, every single problem right now. That's even his will for people who are not Christians. Now, that's kind of a crazy thought, but it's still true. And we will look at that as well. People who are not Christians can receive divine healing. Furthermore, God's healing power 
is completely available to everyone right now. Right now. You don't have to wait. You don't have to go on some sort of spiritual quest. It's freely available right now. Now, look, I realize that some of those things I just said are very controversial and many people will disagree, but I don't care. I am bringing you the truth straight from God's word. And one day, God forbid, but one day you may be very glad that you heard this truth for yourself or a loved one. So now we're going to turn to the Bible to learn about God's will for healing. And let me just say that people have written lengthy books about this subject, and we can't take the time to go through every possible point. But what we can do is show you that physical healing is absolutely God's will for everyone all the time. And the way I'm going to show you this is the way that I think it's persuasive and conclusive And it makes a lot of sense. So the first Bible verse we're going to read in a second is the first words. Now think about this. The first words that God spoke to the Israelites after they crossed the sea. See, please understand, this is very important. The Israelites didn't really know God for those hundreds of years in Egypt. I'm not saying he wasn't with them. I'm not saying he wasn't watching over them. But they didn't really have any kind of vibrant relationship. And now... In their deliverance from Egypt, they have seen a powerful being, the person they heard of as God. He's rained down horrible plagues on Egypt, killed thousands and thousands of Egyptians and their animals. And he's opened the Red Sea only to close it and kill hundreds, if not thousands, of the Egyptian soldiers in the Israelites' final escape. I'm not suggesting that the Israelites were mad about any of that. They may have been thrilled to watching those Egyptians die all around them. But all I'm saying is that was the first few months of their renewed relationship with God after hundreds of years of very little, if any, contact with God. So after all the plagues, all the death across the Red Sea, this is the first thing that God says to them as a group. This is Exodus 15, verse 26. If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. That is the key. Literally, in the Hebrew, those words could be translated, I am God who heals. As you may have heard, there are a number of names for God. But most of those names, for example, Jehovah Jireh, which people talk about all the time, those are names that other people gave to God. Now, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying other people said them. But in this instance, God calls himself the God who heals. And I think that's very powerful, especially when you consider in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, God says that he does not change. God was a healer for the Israelites, and God is a healer for you. So when we ask whether God wants to heal you, we should first recognize that God calls himself the God who heals, and that will never change. Now, let's briefly mention the condition that God stated for the Israelites healing, that in short, they obey all his commandments. I am the God who heals 
in the Hebrew, that's Jehovah Rapha. So for them to experience the fullness of Jehovah Rapha, they had to obey him, right? And so many Christians today believe that healing has to be earned or there are some conditions or that maybe because of some sin in your life, you've got, uh, you got sick. But see, those are all wrong. Uh, even another one is that, you know, and I may have just mentioned this, but just so we're clear, the idea that sickness might be punishment. I want to make sure you understand all of these ideas are totally wrong. The idea that there is any condition to you walking in divine healing or divine health is totally wrong. You see, as a Christian, God accepts you as having completely and perfectly fulfilled God's requirements for all time. See, you didn't do it right. None of us did. But Jesus did. And your righteousness is not of you. It comes from Jesus' perfect life and his sacrifice for you on the cross. You are now fully entitled to live in all of God's promises. In fact, they are your inheritance as a child of God. You can see Romans 4 uh, and 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 on that. As a Christian... You can fully know and experience the God who heals. God is a healer and God is your healer. But the Bible doesn't just promise that God will heal you when you get sick. It's better than that. In fact, you can live a life that is immune from all the medical worries of this world. Now, don't don't start on me yet. Right? I know what you're thinking. I know I, you probably know, as I do, all sorts of Christians that got COVID. All sorts of Christians that have had cancer, all sorts of Christians. It's not automatic. We're going to talk about this. What I'm telling you is what the Bible presents as God's will. That's what we're starting with today. How we'll get there is another subject. But for today, I'm showing you that God's will is healing all the time, every time, for everyone. Look at this next statement. This is another statement that God made to the Israelites. This is just not long after the last one. This is Exodus 23, 25 through 26. Worship the Lord your God and his blessing will be on your food and water. I will take away sickness from among you and none will miscarry or be barren in your land. I will give you a full lifespan. God says that he will literally remove the presence of sickness from our lives. That, in fact, he will protect you all the way from your mother's womb. No one's going to miscarry until you die at a nice old age. All right. Isn't that amazing? God's true will for his people is not just that you can call on him as your doctor and get healed here and there. But in fact, his power would be physically protecting you from the moment of your conception all the way until your death. And that is God's true will for your physical life. God knows that there are things out there that will hurt you. I mean, that's a fallen world. The devil is the God of this world. That's what the New Testament says. People can argue about it all day long. It says the devil is the God of this world. And, and the word world, as I've talked about on a number of times, is eon, this period of time. The kingdom of darkness is alive in the well, and well in the earth today. And there's sickness and disease and terrible things and demon possession and all sorts of different 
reasons that a person can get physically sick. But God wants to protect you from all of that for your whole life. Anything that goes against this, sickness, injury, deformity, genetic problem, whatever it is, anything other than perfect health from from the womb until the tomb at a ripe old age, having lived a full life, anything other than that is not God's will. And don't forget, and we're going to talk about this heavy next time because you're going to get this and man, you're going to be excited. Any condition to you fulfilling, he- to, to you receiving healing was fulfilled by Jesus. You don't have to meet the conditions anymore. You are perfect. You are righteous. And the promise of a long, healthy life is in fact your inheritance as a Christian, as a child of God. So let's remember this forever because we just read it in God's word. God wants you to have a long, healthy life. None, no miscarriages and all the way. The number of your days I will fulfill. That's what it says in one translation. The NIV says, I will give you a full lifespan. Yes, I fully understand, and we're going to talk about this now, that God made some people sick in the Old Testament before Jesus died and rose again. I think there's a lot to it, but we're not going to make it too complicated. According to the plain language of the Bible, God did punish people with sickness, and God did kill many, many people for different reasons. But you must understand the huge changes that happened to all of reality after Jesus died and rose again. You must understand the huge changes that happened to your personal reality after you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. There is no more punishment for your sins. Your sins are no longer even being imputed against you. That, oh, that's so powerful. You are no longer cursed. You are blessed. That's Ephesians. Blessed with every spiritual blessing. All of God's promises belong to you now. You are God's beloved child and literally perfect in his eyes. That is your reality now. God will never put any curse or punishment or sickness on you. He doesn't treat you according to your sins anymore. Look at Psalms 103 verse 10. Let me say that again. God no longer treats us according to our sins. That's what happens when you're a Christian. God now treats you according to his righteousness, which you received when you became a Christian. I honestly, I don't mean to be rude, don't understand how people don't get this. I guess it's because the church leaders have taught the wrong things. People think God is still punishing them when they mess up. No. God treats you according to the very righteousness of Jesus Christ, which is yours now. Your relationship with God is not based on your behavior or how you messed up yesterday or any of that. It's all based on what Jesus did for you on the cross. And you see, if it is, if it's based on anything other than that, I mean, we're going to hell. And we have major problems. That's why God designed the whole system the way he did. So that Jesus can be perfect. Jesus can take the punishment. And then we enter into our perfect relationship with God. Where God now views us 
with the very righteousness of God, with the righteousness that Jesus has. That's ours now. The curses will never be put on you because you are in Christ. The blessings are yours, including blessings of healing, because you are in Christ. This is the way God treats you now. And that is true regardless of what garbage people have taught you or said about their own situations. We've all heard about God, you know, people saying that God punished them for X, Y, Z, or that, you know, God is putting them through some difficult situation or whatever. No, your dumb choices are most likely what caused your difficult situation or the negative thing that you're experiencing. You say, oh, you know, God's punishing me for, you know, doing whatever. But no, it's not. It's just the natural outworking of your dumb decisions. God has no punishment left for you if you are a Christian. Jesus took it all. God is a healer and God wants you to have a long, healthy life. Literally, God wants sickness removed from your existence. These are God's promises to you. Any conditions to these promises were filled filled by Jesus. They are your inheritance and you can't take them. Now look, they do take faith to be operational in your physical life. We're going to go deep into faith to make sure you understand it. Because for this to work, for you to experience physical manifestation of divine healing, we got to have faith. we got to believe what the Bible says. We're going to come back to faith. We've only started to scratch the surface on healing here. To be clear, the point of today's teaching is, again, to show you that healing is God's will all the time, every time, for everyone. So we showed you how God's true desire for his people, for the Israelites, was that he would protect them all the way from conception until death at the end of a long life. Now let's look at the ministry of Jesus, okay? To understand the ministry of Jesus, you have to first understand that Jesus is the perfect representation of God. That's Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. And that in his ministry, Jesus did only what he saw God doing. That's John 5, 19. And Jesus only said what God told him to say. That's John 12, 49. Now look, I'm not saying that applied to every single thing he ever did, every time he laced up his sandal, every time he said, oh, you know, the food's good tonight. Uh, you know, every single thing. I mean, you know, we don't need to go that route. But every single thing did Jesus did in his ministry, every single thing was something God told him to do, something God told him to say, something he saw in the word of God that he studied big time. So Jesus ministered to people to show them God and teach them about God. That is the perspective you need to have when studying Jesus' earthly ministry. Jesus wanted everyone to see the true nature and heart of God. Now look at what the Apostle Peter said about the ministry of Jesus. Now Peter says this after Jesus died, rose again, and went back to heaven. This is Acts 10, uh, verse 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. 
you see, that verse is worthy of careful study. Look at the relationship between God and Jesus's ministry that Peter is highlighting here. Peter clearly understood that God was empowering Jesus to do good and heal all those oppressed by the devil. Jesus, in his healing ministry, was functioning by the power of God. God was with Jesus and all the love and power that Jesus showed people was emanating from God. You see, it says God was with him. God had anointed him with Holy Spirit and power. His healing ministry, the whole healing ministry was emanating from God's desire to heal people. God wants people healed, so he empowered Jesus to go and heal them. This also showed people God's true feelings about them, how he loved them and cared for them and wanted them to do better. Let's look at one example of Jesus' healing ministry. This is Matthew 8, verses 14 through 17. When Jesus arrived at Peter's house, Peter's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. But when Jesus touched her hand, the fever left her. Then she got up and prepared a meal for him. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command, and he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. You see, Jesus first healed Peter's mother-in-law, and Jesus then healed all the sick people in the area. Mark, in the book of Mark, it tells the same story. And it says that Jesus healed every sick person in that city. See, Jesus healed all the sick people in a given area several times, at least several times that we know about from Scripture. In fact, and you can study this for yourself, in his entire ministry, not a single person came to Jesus for healing and went away sick, went away still with that injury, went away uh, having not received the healing that they came to Jesus for. Jesus healed every single person that came to him for healing. Jesus has total and complete authority over sickness and disease. Some people were injured. Some people had diseases. Some people had unclean spirits that caused medical problems. Look, the causes were different. Causes don't matter. The result was always the same. Jesus' will, remember, God was with him. God was telling him what to say, telling him what to do, and empowering him by the Holy Spirit. He was The will was healing for every single person. And I'm not sure why people think that has changed. Jesus walked the earth healed every sick person who came to him for healing, died for our sins, and now lives at God's right hand to forever make intercession for us. That's what it says. However, now he's okay with us being sick. Now, sometimes when we come to him for healing, he says no. Sometimes sometimes he actually makes us sick to teach us a lesson or so we can learn something. How dumb does all of that sound? Where did people come up with this stuff? Certainly not from the Bible. Hebrews 13.8 Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the same way that the God who heals doesn't change, neither does Jesus Christ. When we understand that God is a healer and wants his people healed, 
It makes perfect sense that Jesus went around healing everyone by the power of God. Look, I realize there are still connections to make before I can show you that healing belongs to you now. But for the moment, we are focusing on God's will for healing. God wants his people healed. Jesus wants his people healed. And those truths do not change. The healing meeting that we read about a second ago at Peter's house was only one of numerous healing meetings that Jesus held. Jesus was always healing. Jesus would teach the people and heal the sick. That was his method of ministry. Spend time reading about the healing miracles of Jesus. See his love and healing desires in action. None of those he healed was even a Christian. Nobody was a Christian yet. None of those people were perfect. None of those people, you know, earned it, lived a perfect life. None of them really had anything meritorious to say where they could say, Jesus, X, Y, Z, please heal me. No, it was all because of his love, all because of his mercy, all because of his grace. They were all still deep in their sins, children of the devil, according to the word of God. He healed them all anyway, anyway. Furthermore, and let me just say, that's a great reason how we know that if healing was available to non-Christians to show the love of God uh, 2,000 years ago, it's still completely and totally available to people who aren't Christians today. It's available so that they can get healed, experience God's love, have an encounter with Jesus, and then get saved. But furthermore, even while Jesus was on earth, it wasn't enough for him to be the only one in the divine healing ministry. He empowered at least 82 other people. Think of that. 82, not five, not 20. 82 other people healed the sick during the earthly ministry of Jesus as well. Let me quickly show you that in the Bible. This is Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 2 and verse 6. One day Jesus called together his 12 disciples and gave them power and authority to cast out all demons and to heal all diseases. Then he sent them out to tell everyone about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And verse 6, so they began their circuit of the villages, preaching the good news and healing the sick. So that was the 12, the 12 disciples, cast out all demons, heal diseases, heal all diseases, it says. Now this is Luke 10, verses 1 through 2 and verse 9. The Lord now chose 72 other disciples, depending on which translation you read, it's either 70 or 72. doesn't matter for us. 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. So not only did Jesus empower the original 12 disciples to cast out demons and heal the sick, he sent out another 70 or 72 to also participate in this healing ministry. Isn't that amazing? While Jesus was walking on earth, at least 82 other people were going around showing the power and desire of God to heal. 82 other people showing the power and desire of God to heal. Look, I just don't think that any reasonable person could question God's healing will 
during the ministry of Jesus. I mean, it's crystal clear, right? But, you know, additionally, no reasonable person could argue that Jesus' healing ministry ended after his death and resurrection. Let's look at the again at the ministry of the disciples after Jesus returned to heaven. So he died, rose again, went back to earth, back to heaven, and then the disciples continued on. You know, fundamentally, they hung out a little bit, and then the day of Pentecost happened. They were filled with the Holy Ghost and, and fire. The power of God came upon them, and then, and then the ministry really began. The early church really began. So let's look at Acts chapter 5, verse 15 through 16, to see about the healing ministry now. It says, and I quote, As a result of the apostles' work, sick people were brought out into the streets on beds and mats so that Peter's shadow might fall across some of them as he went by. Crowds came from the villages around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those possessed by evil spirits, and they were all healed. Now, let's just take a moment and ask, I don't know how many people the apostles had to get healed so that it was so obvious that people would even bring uh, their sick friends out to lay in the street so Peter's shadow could fall on them. I mean, how many healings does it take to get to that level where you're just wanting Peter's shadow? I don't know, but they must have been healing a lot of people. I mean, and look what it says, as a result of the apostles' work. I mean, they must have been healing people left and right. And here we have it right here to read. They were all healed. Even Peter's shadow. Literally, I mean, what even is a shadow, right? It's it's the absence of, of light hitting an area because of uh, you know, the sun's being blocked. I don't know. Who knows? Who cares? Doesn't matter. But that alone. Now, why, why would that work? How could that work? Somebody had faith in that, that, you know, hey, just like when the woman said, I'm going to touch Jesus's garment and I'm going to be healed. And she went up and grabbed his garment and he didn't even know who she was. He didn't even know that, that uh, you know, she was coming up to touch him or that she needed healing. She didn't know any. He, Jesus didn't know anything about her, but she decided with her faith, if I touch his garment, I'll be healed. That was a point of contact in the same way. These people decided I don't even need to touch Peter. Just his shadow touches me and I'm going to get healed. And you know what? The power of God to heal is so freely and completely on demand available that that worked. Just like Jesus didn't even know the woman uh, was coming up to touch him. Just like he didn't even know who touched him. Just like his personal will was not even involved in that interaction. That's exactly kind of how it worked here, right? The healing power of God is freely available on demand. You turn the faucet on at your house, water comes out. You open the faucet of faith for healing with God. You put your faith on something, you're going to get healed. True biblical faith. And we're going to talk about that. But just note for now, how many people the apostles must have been healing for for this situation to develop. Praise God. So, you know, once again, we see everybody, everybody who comes to God for healing gets 
healed. That is the biblical truth. The God who heals has always been the one healing. But now he's healing through the disciples as they minister to people in the name of Jesus. The disciples were carrying on the healing ministry of Jesus in the earth. In fact, I mean, they were healing so many people that, that people were lining the streets right? Lining the streets to be healed. That's what kind of healing meeting this was, right? They had faith to be healed because they saw all the healings happening in the apostles ministry. Now, now let's look. Okay. So remember that was Peter. That was the apostles. That was, you know, kind of the original 11 because Judas is gone now. Maybe some of the 72 are still hanging out, still part of the ministry. Very, very possible. I believe there were 120 in the upper room that were all filled with the spirit. So, yes, probably. Obviously, Stephen, Philip, we have other people, a lot of people doing miracles, healing the sick. But now let's briefly look at the Apostle Paul. Now, see, this is this is important. Paul was not one of the original 12 disciples, and he wasn't one of the 72 either. Paul wasn't even a believer until after Jesus returned to heaven. Right now, now it is conceivable when you look at the timeline and things that Paul knew who Jesus was during Jesus's earthly ministry. But he was definitely not a believer until after Jesus died, rose again, and went back to heaven. At that point, you know, on the road to Damascus, Paul has an encounter. Paul becomes a Christian. Now Paul has a ministry. How did the God who heals operate in Paul's ministry? Acts 28, verses 7 through 9. They were on a boat at first. Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Publius's father was ill with fever and dysentery. Paul went in and prayed for him and laying his hands on him, healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. All the other sick people on the island, Paul, by the healing power of the God who heals, healed every single person on the island of Malta. Okay, I mean, a healing revival on Malta, everybody, that's no different than Jesus or Peter healing every sick person in a city. Every single sick person that shows up for the meeting. That's how it works. That's how it's supposed to work. This is the healing power of God. The healing meeting on the island of Malta. Don't don't miss this. This healing meeting that they're talking about in Acts 28. I know it. I'm just using the term healing meeting, but call it whatever you want. Everybody, every sick person on the island coming out and getting healed. That occurred probably 25 years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, we can read the book of Acts, you know, in half an hour, hour, something like that, you know, whatever. But what we don't realize is how many years are passing now since the death, resurrection, and return of Jesus Christ. This is probably 25 years later. Paul's still having healing meetings where everybody's getting healed. Everybody's on the island getting healed. But that should be no surprise 
Okay, not surprising, no surprise, when we consider what Jesus said to the disciples before he headed back to heaven. Now, I want to be clear about this next passage because I think the timing is important. Jesus was crucified, rose again, came back to the earth, was spending time with the disciples. Look what he said in Mark chapter 16, 14 through 18. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved, but anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. They will be able to handle snakes with safety, and if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They will able they will be able to place their hands on the sick, and they will be healed. You know, how I wish people would believe what the Bible actually says rather than what they think it says or when somebody else says it says or whatever people have made up to explain what it says. I mean, you have to look at what it actually says. You have to read the Bible and allow that to formulate your thinking. Fundamentally, the church has seen so many sick people in the world, as they do today, okay, you have churches all over the world today looking at all of the sick people with COVID, with cancer, with God knows what else, and they are concluding and teaching that it must not be God's will to heal or that God is not healing anymore or whatever, you know, all sorts of stuff because they're allowing the world around them to dictate their interpretation of the Bible. But you can't do that. Let God be true, though every man be a liar. You see, we have, what we need to do is look and say, when I read the Bible, all this sick, this shouldn't be. So why is it? It's because we haven't taken the healing ministry the way that Peter did, the way that Paul did as the disciples of Jesus Christ. We haven't carried on the healing ministry the way that we should have. Now, yes, absolutely. There have been some healing evangelists. You know, there are people left and right that that are still praying for the sick, still seeing people get healed. But, But the church at large has not continued like this. And instead, instead of, you know, detailing our own failures or explaining, look, you know, I know what the Bible says, but for some reason I just haven't gotten it right. What we've done instead is told people that healing is not God's will anymore or you just never know what's going to happen. Anyway, we're going to discuss that in detail next time. But it's just a tragedy because what Jesus clearly said to the disciples is they were to go to all the world and preach the gospel. And when they did that, other people were going to believe, right? That includes me and you 2,000 years later. And what should follow those who believe? We should be able to cast out demons and we should be able to lay hands on the sick and see them recover. Just like the 12, just like the 72, just like Jesus and Paul, right? The healing ministry should never end until we're all in heaven and there's no more sickness and disease. You know, there's nobody to heal. That's maybe at that time the healing ministry is over. Jesus healed every single person who came to him for healing. After Jesus returned to heaven, the disciples healed every single person who came to them for healing. There is no limitation on God's power 
or desire to heal. The only requirement is a childlike faith in the God who heals. There's no biblical argument that God's healing ministry is over. Yes, people make all sorts of arguments about this, teach all sorts of garbage. None of that is biblical. And if you, my friend, are going through a faith fight, you need to listen to people that are telling telling you what the Bible really says. If you're going through a sickness fight, you need to be, you know, frankly, if you have somebody saying, well, God might be trying to teach you something or, well, you know, uh, God's got a purpose, you know, in your sickness, in your cancer, in your COVID, in your whatever, you need to shun those people. And I don't mean you shun them like rudely, like, hey, get out, you heathen, get out of my life. No, you don't have to do that, but you stop listening to them. You stop paying attention to them. You sure don't ask them to pray for you or speak over you or allow them to influence your thinking in any way. No, you get around faith people. You get around people that believe what the Bible actually says. People that know that God's will is for your complete healing from the moment you were conceived all the way until your death at a ripe old age. And, you know, we could talk about that another time, but fundamentally, I mean, Absolutely not before 70 or 80 at a minimum, right? 120 is definitely what the Bible says is possible. Hey, I get it. That's, you know, rare if ever happens, but never before 70 or 80 uh, at a minimum for your age. That's what God counts as a full life. God wants you healed and he wants you to have a long, healthy life. We've gone far enough today because I want to leave that with you. The Bible is crystal clear. God and Jesus want you healed. God's will is healing all the time, every time for everyone. In fact, they want you healed more than you want to be healed. They love you more than you love yourself. Next time, we're going to quickly go through all the terrible arguments against healing. We're going to try to quickly deal with those just to you know try to really root those out of your minds. Uh, I'm going to show you that perfect physical health is your inheritance. It literally belongs to you as a child of God and that you're totally entitled to it right now. Those are the things we're going to talk about next time. Please let me know if I can pray for your healing, if I can suggest uh, good healing materials. Um, Audrey Mack, Curry Blake, Andrew Womack, Barry Bennett, and Greg Moore. Um, All of those people are affiliated with Andrew Womack other than Curry Blake, who is now uh, the person in charge of John G. Lake's ministry, interestingly enough. Those are the people when, when we needed to learn about healing, the true teaching of God's power and desire to heal. God supernaturally brought us to those people. Uh, when the, the short version is I had a dream when my wife got sick, I had a dream. And in the dream, my friend, Pastor Fritz had a book that I needed to read. I called him. He said, hey, I don't have a book for you, but I just went to the Andrew Womack conference. I'm going to bring you the DVDs. He was talking about healing. Pastor Fritz brings me the DVDs. Within 10 minutes, I I get emotional just thinking about it. Within 10 minutes, we knew this was God's answer for us. And our lives are changed. And the power of God is freely available to everyone. And we are so thankful for those ministers. 
so thankful that God brought us to those ministries when we needed it. And so I highly encourage you to check those those people out, especially if you need to get your faith built up for healing. So, again, I love you. I'll speak to you again soon. God's will for you is healing. I don't care what anybody else taught you, what anybody else told you. That's God's will for your body. Total and complete health and a long life. Thank you again.